Hallelujah. We praise his holy name. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I will not end up like Samson in the Bible. I will not lose the anointing. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to ask you to say that again with tremendous conviction. I will not lose the anointing. One of the greatest revelations of the story of Samson was not that he lost his hair and lost his power, but that he lost his sight. When you lose your sight, ultimately he lost his way when the seduction and the deception of Delilah continued. You've heard me many times allude to Matthew 4, going into Matthew 5, temptations in the wilderness, Jesus being anointed, being led into the wilderness, the temptations, but also the prayer and the fasting. You can see how Satan came consecutively with consecutive blows. I'll never forget a sermon that Marlon Hickey preached maybe 30 years ago. I picked it up about 25 years ago, 24 years ago, about the counterattack of Satan. In other words, Marlon Hickey brought us a word from the Lord is that don't get caught up in the victory so much that you leave your side, yourself wide open to be sideswiped by an attack of the enemy. So I've learned over all these years, even through horrible personal experience at times, that the enemy comes consecutively with blows to wear you down, to weary you. His ultimate aim is destruction. Remember it starts off that Jesus came to give us life. Well, the thief comes, but the what? Steal, kill, and destroy. And then Jesus says that I have come that they might have, and they would have it in, or abundance till the overflow. Everybody say overflow. So we know that Satan doesn't start with destruction. He starts with a little stealing and a little killing. He starts with a little picking. Pick, pick. Dig, dig. Slap, slap. Hit, hit. And after a period of time with enough pickings and enough hittings and enough slappings and enough attacks, if you're not constantly repositioning yourself in Christ, you begin to succumb to the weariness of blow after blow after blow. So you can see even through the story of Samson how Delilah was persistent. What my question was, as I have looked at this and as I have processed this, is that when Delilah showed her colors the first time to Samson that she wasn't trustworthy, why did he fall for it again? Uh, wave at me if you're all on the, the same page. Wave at me if, you, if you've read the story of Samson at least once, Let me, so I don't have to read it for you. And so I, I came up with this, it's that we are so deceived and seduced that we want to constantly think the best. They just slipped up. 
they won't do it again. But then she did do it again. And he's obviously so seduced and so deceived that he gives her another opportunity. This is what's at work now in the world. Deception is mounting. Seduction is ramping up. And the church takes it hook, line, and sinker because we're to think the best, <laughs> love covers, think no evil, And in all of that, it's like we give another person another opportunity, and another opportunity, and another opportunity, and another opportunity. Lift your hands if you're tracking with me. Lift your other hand if you understand exactly what I just said. Holy Spirit. So enters discernment. Everybody say, I received a sermon. Come on, say it one more time like, like you mean it. I receive discernment. He eventually told her the secret of his power. But the worst for me was when they took out his eyes. It was the last ultimate seal of one that could not see. Eventually, he lost his eyes to seal what had been happening all those times. Samson did not see or refused to see. And he forfeited his right to the fulfillment of God's plan through him. I want you to touch your eyes this morning. I'm ministering to you by the Spirit of the Lord. Touch your eyes right now. I want you to say this. No devil can have my eyes. I bind the spirit of deception. I bind the spirit of seduction. And I refuse to be blinded by a devil. Selah. Blow after blow, the enemy comes to weary the saints. You're good people. God loves you. You've had some tremendous victories. But now is not the moment for you to become your own God. Man's, my, man's mind plans his way, but it is God who directs his steps. Whether I like the direction or not. Whether I think the direction is for me or not. I trust you, Lord. I lean not on my own understanding. But in all my ways, I acknowledge you. And you will direct my path. How many people have ever had a moment in your life that you didn't like too much? Lift your hands. How many people have had a few? Lift your other hand. You have the power to live above what I'm talking about. In every attack that the enemy wants to bring against your life, you have the power to see it brought to naught. See it brought to naught. I want you to lift your hands and say, my children will never be bullied. 
Now, come on, say it like you mean it. My children will never be bullied. Even as they start a new school year, they don't go to school to be attacked by devils. They go in the covering of the presence of Almighty God. For greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. Come on, we're setting them up for success. No evil shall befall them. We're going to train them up to make a covenant with their eyes so that they can walk through this year at school. Amen. Discerning what is good and what is evil. Discerning what is of God and what is of the enemy. Discerning so that they can see the plans of Satan for what it is. So that they won't be seduced by other peers. That oh. Johanna said, my grandchildren are protected. That was a louder one. Shut it up. My grandchildren are protected. My children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren are not at the peril of bullies in the name of Jesus, of demon spirits that want to just operate and hold my and hold my generations, the generations of the upright shall be blessed in the name of Jesus. Come on, my children will be seated and clothed and in their right mind and they will see the goodness of God in their lives. Anybody shout a big amen. Come on. Shout it out, we're blessed. 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 Somebody has to fight for somebody. I wish this could be good. I wish this could just be fuzzy. At times I just wish, I wish I'd been made pastor of just a real nice place to do a real nice service. And I get to thinking about that and I say, no, I'm glad I didn't because I'm telling you, we would kill each other. I wasn't raised up for the kindergarten. I was raised up for the front line, for the battlefield. I was raised up for the boxing ring, amen. You gotta go through me to get to them. Lift your hand and shut it out. No weapon formed against me. Come on, I'm speaking into your spirit this morning. Rise, no matter how you feel, rise. Even if you have to come on your knees, come on, rise. I don't feel like it. Who cares what you feel like? I don't feel like it. Come on, rise, rise. Come on, for God's sake, take Kansas. Well, Brother Brady, I think I'm called to the ministry. Well, we've been waiting on you. So what do you think you're going to do that we haven't done? Because everybody's full of big ideas. Everybody's going to do something that somebody else didn't do. And the majority never do nothing. It is the minority that ever make a break for it. Well, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I guess I'm the minority there because I'm going to make a break for it. My and my house are going to serve the Lord and we're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles like you ain't never seen in your life. You think A.A. Allen had a premium going on miracles? You ain't seen nothing yet because I saw a verse in the scripture that says greater works than these shall you do. You see, that's what's wrong with you, pastor. All you want to do is just preach. Let me tell you, that's what's wrong with you. You don't want to hear me preach. You want five more points. And when your children are rushed to the hospital, you are not going to bring out your journal with five points. You're going to wish you can bring your prayer closet. You're going to wish that you can bring the presence of the Lord. You're going to wish that you can bring what you know to be the rhema word of the Lord so that you know that God in the closet is not the God in the ER room. went to see Jack in the hospital. I tell you, he didn't know the half of it. I walked into that heart hospital like I owned it. I walk in those corridors binding every devil in the name of Jesus. Till I got to his room and we prayed with him and as I was walking out again, you're here to occupy. That's what scripture says. Occupy until I come. 
COVID, this last 18 months, two years, two and a half years, it's brought the church to a place of cautiousness. You asked yourself a truthful statement this morning. You said, man, he's like, he's real hard today. He's real tight. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, getting a, I'm getting devils off your life. I'm getting years of religion unraveling its tentacles off your brain. Years of religion that has wrapped itself around you, even in the charismatic world. I want you to ask yourself, am I more cautious than I used to be? Could I walk into a village of lepers? Yeah. Well, Brother Brady, I wouldn't do it unless the Lord told me to do it. Well, that's where it's at, you see. Because the church and I will, will err always on the side of what we call wisdom. But unless it's the wisdom of God, then that wisdom says it is sensual and devilish. What does it mean? It plays to your flesh. It plays to the weaker self. I'm not telling you to walk into something crazy. But I am asking you, if God was to ask you, could you? Is your faith at that place? Lift your hand and say, I receive this in the name of Jesus. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Ooh, what's coming? A move of the Spirit. What's coming? Miracles like you never saw. Signs and wonders like you have never set your eyes on. I have declared in my life many times I am going to see heaven on earth. Come on, you have prayed it over and over and over. Shut it out. Heaven and earth is going to be my portion in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody get excited about that. I mean, what about this week? You're going to see salvation. You're going to see miracles. You're going to see financial deliverance. How many people take that one right there? What if somebody shows up at your house on Wednesday morning and just say, forgive me. I was supposed to be here three weeks ago, but God has brought me here to give you this check. How many people will lift your hand and say, I received that? How many people believe that that actually can happen? It's not the bailout. It's just God showing up so that you can do what it is that you're supposed to do. Yes. Say, I believe. I believe. Say, I believe. I believe. That's what's wrong with this church. It's like, man, you can't, you can't even come up for air. I just wanted a nice little service. You can't have a nice little service when there's people around you this morning that are sick. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going home healed. Oh, come on, say it like you mean it. You're going home healed, delivered, set free, 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 set free. I'm not even in my message yet, so praise the Lord. Oh, I sense the power of God. Oh, la paprana sala, paprana sala, ministi. I'm just going, I just, I just need a quiet little service, Pastor. My life is, my life's so busy. I, I don't need to come to a place that I'm always being asked to lift my hands. I'm always being asked to, asked to say something. I'm always being asked. Somebody said that to me years ago when I came to America. I said, Pastor Paul, honestly, I, I don't need to come to a church that's asking me constantly to do something. I, I'm a hardworking man. I just need to come here and sit. And you know what? For momentarily, it was like a Delilah moment. I was just into thinking, oh, oh, my brother, you're right. I'm a crazy Irish, boldy American. I, I shouldn't be expecting that of the people. I know you're working hard and you're, you're bringing your tithe. And, and I, you know what? And you know what? And I suddenly realized that. And you have the right to sleep in the chair if you want. And it got me in a Delilah moment for a moment. But there's too much fire in me to allow Delilah to stay close to me. 
Look at your neighbor and say, I'm getting rid of Delilah today in the name of Jesus. Amen. She ain't going home with me no more in the name of Jesus. Amen. Whoa, because the power of God is in the inside of me. Come on, guys. You can rise in the morning and declare healing over your household. You can go to bed and declare healing over your household. You need a new job, lift your hand and say, I'll take it in the name of Jesus. Don't cry one more moment over that sorry thing. Pastor Paul, you don't know my situation. That's why you have me as a pastor. So that your circumstance and situation can change. That you're just not going to go through the next two or three years just going to church. Oh, millennials, just a lovely church. I love Pastor Paul and Pastor Karen. Don't you love their accents? Oh, I love them. I love them. I love them. Oh, that man, that man's so anointed. But what's the anointing doing in your life? The anointing's here to do stuff. It's not just for us to feel. It's here to do stuff. If you've got a yoke of bondage on you right now, there's enough anointing in this room to destroy it. You don't have to go home the same. Amen. Touch your eyes and say, I'm going home with my eyes at least in the name of Jesus. Praise God. I'm going to see uh, more than what I ever saw. Come on, I'm working this. You know I'm working in the name of Jesus. Why? Because you might be blind a little bit, but you're going to start seeing. You think it's okay to do what you're doing in private, and you think you're getting away with it? No, that's catching up on you. Sin is crouching at your door, but I'm telling you, much grace, and grace is abounding to you so that you can get delivered, stay delivered, walk delivered, and help other people get delivered. In the name of Jesus, come on. Shut it out. I am the devil's worst nightmare. Tell me you don't mean that. I'm going to say it again. I am the devil's worst nightmare. Jack is the devil's worst nightmare. In the name of Jesus, what do you see? The worst nightmare. Why? Because I'm praying for him. A new heart will I give you. Come on, somebody clap at the back. A new heart. A new heart. And you heart, touch your eyes again. I can see, I can see clearly now. I can see clearly now. The devil has gone. No more obstacles in my way. Could you never say the truth of this is you might be your own worst problem? That was a very. <laughs> you feel good one moment, then the next moment you just feel like. Ugh. You feel like you can take it on one moment, and then the next moment because of what happened, how you feel. What she did, what he did, what they did. Nothing what you did, but what they did, everybody else, what everybody else did. Now you're in the funk. Well, you can't live your life like that. And no matter how strong an anointing on your life, people will never trust you if you're up one minute down the next. Walking straight one minute and all over the place the next. Because you never say it's time to fly straight. You have an anointing to do it. Let me give you some scripture this morning. Are you glad you came to church? Hallelujah. I'd like a bigger amen to that. Are you glad you came to church? I said, well, Brother Brady, this is my last service. Well, this is somebody else's first service. And they will stay. And they'll take the anointing you don't want. Hallelujah. There's a place in this place for everybody. Find it. Purpose positions you. If you ever said to yourself, there's not a place for me here, you're accepting lies from the devil. You're just not working with your purpose. Your purpose positions you, and everybody will see what your purpose is, and everyone will want you positioned. Selah. It's the same with your workplace. It's the same in business. The laws are the same.
We are not subject to the times that we live in. We are not subject to and do not live under the dominion or the rule or the control or the influence of whichever way this world system is going at this moment. Number two, the times are subject to the authority of God's word, the blood, and the name of Jesus, spoken and acted upon by every believer. Number three, the times are absolutely subject to us. Amen. Number four, we are subject to and governed by another system, the kingdom of God. Number five, whether you feel it or see it, we live in a place called a secret place. Psalm 27, 1 to 6, go with me quickly, please. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear or dread? The Lord is the refuge and stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, even then, in this, I will be confident. Think about the times we're living in. One thing have I asked of the Lord that will I seek, inquire for, and insistently require that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, Amplified says, in his presence all the days of my life to behold and gaze upon the beauty, the sweet attractiveness, and the delightful loveliness of the Lord and to meditate, consider, and inquire in his temple. For in the day, verse 5, look at this. For in the day, for in the day of trouble, he will hide me in his shelter. Amen. I want you to speak this out. I am hidden. He will hide me in his shelter, in the secret place of his tent. Will he hide me? He will set me high upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. In his tent I will offer sacrifices and shouting of joy. What's our part right there? Sacrifices and shouting of joy. Now we don't do sacrifices like they did in the old, but we can bring our life as a sacrifice. In other words, what you do is, not I that live, but Christ in me. Doesn't matter how I feel right now, I bring it as a sacrifice. And no matter how I feel right now, I'm going to have shouts of joy coming out of me. Shout it out. Shouts of joy. How many people have ever felt like shouting for joy? And you did it, right? How many people have not felt like shouting for joy? And you still did it. There's where the power is being released right there. It's not doing what you feel when you want to do it. It's by faith doing it when you don't want to do it. When there's nothing to shout for. When there's no joy left apparently. And all you want to do is just weep and wail and lash out. When you lash out at another believer or another person, you right there and then can take it to the bank that you are becoming spiritually bankrupt. You are living off yesterday's infilling. It's gone very quiet in here. Thank you for that one. Amen. The flesh always reveals itself to you and lets you know your spiritual condition. I'll try that one more time. Your flesh always locates your spiritual condition. It's rotten. And it delights in letting you know you're kind of low. You're kind of low. Everything's irritating you. Everything's agitating you. You're kind of low on fuel. 
Should your neighbor say, I guess it's time to fill up. Verse 6, and now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies. That's powerful. Come on, guys. When I bring sacrifices and shouting of joy, I will sing and I will sing praises to the Lord. Amen. Psalm 32, 6 and 7. Come on, I have a few scriptures here. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you. In a time when you may be found, surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. Verse 7, you are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Listen, guys, I don't care what's going on in the world. It's not going on in you. Any believers, lift your hand and wave at me right now. What's going on in the world right now has nothing to do with you. It's nothing to do with you. Nothing. You are not part of the world system. You are in the world, but you're not of the world. You are part of the kingdom of God. Everybody say that. I am part of the kingdom of God. That means I have kingdom influence. That means I have kingdom ways and kingdom operations and kingdom provision. I have Jehovah Jireh. Psalm 31. Let's go there, 14 and 15. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say... You are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. I'm separated. I have a wall of redemption surrounding me. I preached it last Sunday evening. I have a wall of redemption. What's going on in the world has nothing to do with me. I don't care what they're trying to cook up in some other Wuhan experiment. I'm part of the kingdom of God. I said, I'm part of the kingdom of God. You say, you shouldn't talk like that. Somebody somewhere has to talk like it. The church has to talk like it. Because we will fall into another sleeping moment. I want you to write this down. We are separated from the world's failing system. We are separated from the world's failing system. John 17, 13 to 22. Let's go there. John 17. I alluded to this a couple of weeks ago, but this has been cooking in me now for some time. Verse 13, but now I come to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of this world. Say that with me. I am not, I am not of, this world. of this world. Just as I am not of this world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. So we have to stay here, right? But that you should keep them. Come on, say it. He keeps me. I, I have the word on it that I am to be kept in this world. Not made to stay, but kept. M my family is kept by the prayer of, of Jesus. Pastor Karen says, I'm going to cooperate with that. So she's getting in on this. That's her faith being released right there. I'm going to cooperate with the prayer of Jesus. That in this world, look, that you should be uh, kept from the evil one. They are not of this world, just as I am. Sanctify them by your truth. So how are we going to be sanctified? By truth, right? So we receive the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by truth. What are you getting in this church? The truth. Whether we like it or whether we don't, it's truth. Amen? Don't get offended at me. Just love me. Help me get this out. Amen? Well, you could say it a lot nicer. Well, just pray that I become cuter. <laughs> Miracles still happen. I, I know there's maybe a little room for me to go, but... So in this world, I'm being kept. The Brady's are being kept. Yes. 
Not because of my prayer. Not because of my prayer. I'm going to say it another time until you get this. Not because of my prayer, but because of his prayer. How many people believe that the prayers of Jesus work? Let me see your hands. He prayed that I would be kept from the evil one. They didn't extract me at the moment of salvation. Why? Because I am here on assignment. Why are we here? We are here so that we can restrain the enemy. Amen. The Antichrist cannot manifest until he that remains is taken away. And that is the church. The church has a job to do. You are here so that you can be a restraining order on the Antichrist. All this goes on. Wars and rumors of wars. You are here on task. You are here on assignment. Amen. And while you are here after salvation in the kingdom of God, he says, keep them from the evil one. Everybody say, I receive that right now. It's not a good word. I said, isn't that a good word? So instead of you setting your faith for an attack of the enemy, you're saying, I'm in the kingdom of God. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No matter what the enemy's hatching for me, it can stop right now in the name of Jesus. Why? Because there was a prayer that was prayed for me that I would be kept from the evil one while I'm in this world. I'm not in this world because I choose to be in it. I'm going to say it again. I'm not in this world because I choose to be in it. I'm in it on assignment from the Father in the name of Jesus. And while I'm here, I can make the devil's life a misery. I can become his worst nightmare because everywhere he wants to show up to attack, you can show up with the blood of the Lamb in the name of Jesus. And you can say, not today, Satan. That's why you can walk into a hospital. You can walk in anywhere. And you can say, you leave them alone. You take your hand off them. Fear trying to grip a person. You know what's going to happen on the, on the, on the surgeon's table. Well, anything can go. You're listening to what this guy says. And you're listening to this. And, and you went to Mother Google. And Mother Google has been telling you everything that you need to know. But you went to Mother Google more than you went to Father of eternity. And the father said, listen, son, believe me, you don't think I can keep your heart going for 120 years? I am eternity. You don't think I can keep your lungs going for 120 years? You don't think I can keep your knees going for 120 years? We're dealing with eternity. We're not dealing with God temporary. He's eternity. Shout it out. He is eternity. You don't think he can keep your mind sane for 120 years? Come on, lift your hand. You believe this is a good word. Come on, how many people needed this today? Come on, get the devil off you in the name of Jesus. Every form of doubt and deception, he's coming for your eyes. He's not getting your eyes. I've learned that he's not after your power. He's after your eyes. Because when you see what God wants you to see, then you can open somebody else's eyes to see what you see. Come on. I'm telling you, I have people that love me in the church and I have people that don't like me in the church. Why? Because I come along like a, a, a dumb buster. I break up kumbaya meetings. I break up the the lullaby. I just don't think it's necessary. Let's find ourselves a Presbyterian church. Let's find myself a good Baptist. So, Pastor, this is wild. It's only 25 after 11. How many people can handle five more minutes? Let me see your hands. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. The devil attacked you last week. He's not coming for you this week. Why? Because you've got a prayer that I am kept in this world. Amen. I'm telling you, the only thing that can get in what I'm going to lie in, and I'm declaring it over you right now, that you're beginning to shut doors. Yeah. Shut doors. 
Shut doors to the devil in the name of Jesus right now. Everybody pray in the spirit with me right now. Shut doors. Shut doors. Shut doors. Shut doors. Come on, shut doors. Shut doors. Shut doors. Hallelujah. Timothy, please uh, come back if you can hear me. We are here, ladies and gentlemen, like I've told you, not to survive, but we are here to thrive. To survive is barely get by and merely exist. To thrive is to flourish, to succeed, to advance, and to prosper. Verse 14 reminds us, we are not of this world system. Everybody say that with me. We are not of this world system. So when you listen to Fox News over and over and over and over, you are fortifying this world system. When you are listening, God forbid, to CNN or any of those other wacky channels. Amen. If you are listening to them, you are fortifying the system of this world within you. You are not of that. You are of the kingdom of God. Come on, I'll say it again. You are of the kingdom of God. Well, Brother Brady, I have to know at least some of the current affairs. Yeah, get yourself an app. Look at the headlines. But you don't need to, you don't need to go for the juice in every story. I turned off the news and co during COVID, and I've never switched it back on again. I think it went on. There was oh, during the Queen's Jubilee, the... Uh, different things like that. But I'm telling you, Carl will tell you, I used to have Fox News on. I used to be sitting watching it. I used to be listening to it just like some other folk. And I turned it off. You can get the highlights, but you don't need the juice. It's the truth. This is the juice. I said, this is the juice. You wonder why you're having trouble with the spirit of the world because you're giving your eye to it, you're giving your ear to it. But I'm telling you, you give your eye to this, you give your ear to this, praise God. I go places and people will say, did you know such and such was going on? And I'd look at them like, uh, no comprende. They look at me like, man, you, 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 pastor, you, public, you, you need to know what's going on. I tell you, I know what needs, I know I need to know what's going on. I need to know what's going on in the Father's heart, in the Father's heart, and, and then I can be about His business. And I don't go about fortifying what the devil's trying to do. Did you hear? Did you hear? My God, did you hear? The devil's now breaking out in Taiwan. Do you know the Irish man bought himself shoes? And he ended up falling, going out of the store. And he says, sir, 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 let me help you up. He says, why did you fall? And he says, I read in the box, just Taiwan. I guess that doesn't translate into American. <laughs> Just Taiwan. <laughs> How many people got that horrible joke? Matthew 6:13, we're going to give to the Lord, and we're going to scare the devil with our giving. I'm going to say that again. We're going to scare the devil with her. If you're ever tempted not to tithe, I'm telling you, you turn that on his head right now. And you get yourself back positioned in the name of Jesus. Because you're not of this world system. I said again, you're not of this world system. Matthew 6, 13 says this, And lead, bring us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Galatians 1, 4. Who gave, yielded himself up to atone for our sins and to save and sanctify us in order to rescue 
Everybody say rescue. Rescue and deliver us from this present wicked age and world order. Well, I take it. And you may be here this morning, you're thinking to yourself, I don't know much about this. Well then, you should have good sense enough to know that you need to know it. Because I haven't told you lies. I have told you truth. Your decision will be whether you want to keep your eyes or give them up. Because every one of us has an opportunity to get rid of our eyes right now. And Satan will gleefully take your eyes out. I'm not talking like Samson naturally, eyes being burned out of his head. But I'm talking spiritually. You choose just to do it your way. You choose to just walk this out your way. You choose just a little devotions, little time of prayer, and just go hoping through your day, hoping through your week, hoping through your life that everything's going to be okay. You know why I'm preaching like this? Because I didn't like how wars and rumors of wars started to bother me. But he said, be of good cheer. Let not your heart be troubled. How many people have ever read that? And I felt myself. You say, that, that's, that's too vulnerable. No, I'm, I'm just like you. When they, when they say there's going to be food shortages, come September, when they say there's going to be all these things, even the best of us have to take authority over a thought. Wave at me if you understand exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm not preaching from a place so that you can't attain what I'm talking about. I'm preaching from a place of well-worked word processings, prayer. What does this look like, Father? And you go to God and you ask Him what this looks like, He will always paint you a picture through His Word. He will always bring you back to His promises. He will always bring you back to His plan, to His person, purpose, to His objective. Read the first eight verses. You don't need to go much further in Matthew 24 because that really doesn't concern you very much. But the first eight verses will really help you as the church. It tells you right there about deception. And I came to tell you this morning, you got to keep your eyes. We pray over these young people in the name of Jesus. And the pressure of going back to school, even Christian schools, Satan loves Christian schools because he can lurk as an angel of light. Parade himself. Oh, it's a Christian school. It must be okay. Satan loves that. Many kids have been robbed out of good families going to good Christian schools. Just because they're going to your Christian school doesn't mean to say that you don't pray. I don't care whether it's private or whether it's public. I have a prayer that says from Jesus, keep them in this world and no evil can touch them. In Jesus' precious name, lift your hands all over this room. Pray with me in the spirit right now. We've got an opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, to invest in this. To invest in this church, to invest in something that's promoting life, in something that's promoting health, in something that's actively engaged every single week, every single day, every single service to keep you out of the grips of misery, sickness, disease, infirmity, to keep you out of the grips of despair, to keep you out of a life that is void of God. I declare in this place today
that you're coming higher that you're seated upon the rock that God is the lifter of your head and that you're going to see clearly more clearly than what you've ever seen before because I tell you we've never had a moment in my 54 years that I've needed the mind of Christ more so every time I sense that spirit of the world trying to get me I push further into God because it wants to dictate it wants to manipulate it wants to seduce and it wants to deceive you what hope is there what hope is there for any of us if it wasn't for what I'm telling you this morning if I did not know this then I too would be stuck to my chair watching the news and hoping for the best in 1st John 5 18 it says this in the Amplified we know absolutely that anyone born of God does not deliberately knowingly practice committing sin but the one who is begotten of God carefully watches over and protects him Christ's divine presence within him preserves him against evil and the wicked one does not lay hold of him grip him or touch him and this is what I believe the Spirit of God is saying to us I believe to as a church as a family I know as our personal home that you can take this day land down you can take this day and just do your best just go on about your business like nothing's happening Or you can at least give me some credit that Pastor Paul might actually just be right. I believe with all my heart that because we're believers, the best is yet to come. I know we're living in the best, but this is not the best there is. The better's coming. I said the better's coming. He left us here as lights in this world so that as he is so are 